0: Hello and welcome to the Ken Talks Film Podcast, episode number 13. Where are the previous 12, you're wondering? Well, this is the relaunch of my former show, uh, Friends Talk Film. Um, Reason being is I don't have any friends anymore. Well, um, I've had to relaunch the show, because life got in the way. Um, we, my former show Friends Talk Film, which launched back earlier in June, was doing really well. Um, however, it got through to the summer and friends started having holidays, myself included. And we just found it really difficult to get together on a weekly basis. Um, so I kept putting off doing a new show and I started getting really itchy feet. And was like, I want to get back on this again. I, you know, I want to do this podcast. Um, but I couldn't very well do my podcast with a show called Friends Talk Film. If I didn't have anyone to talk to, um, so I've rebranded the show, um, Ken Talks Film, um, updated all my social media um, networks and contacts, and I'll be going solo. Um, that's not to say that I won't be having my friends as guest appearances in the, in the coming weeks, um, but the idea is to bring the show to something a little bit smaller, so um, manageable, run with our hour and a half we were talking previously, bring you the latest movie news. Uh, trailers and reviews of things that i've seen and my personal opinions on it and when i get my friends involved they will be Um, on those special edition shows we will have um sort of like the film flashback the channel flick challenge and some of those things we did together as a group Um, but um the show must go on so we're going to start off now by bringing you this week's movie news Okay, so first up this week we are talking Tomb Raider. So this is the reboot um, from the previous uh, franchise which involved Angelina Jolie. Uh, We've known for a while that Alicia Vikander will be exploring the ruins and caves as the new Lara Croft. Um, the details of the story have been uh, very quiet so far, but we've had had some casting announcement for the antagonist of the movie, and it's going to be Walter Goggins. Um, we don't know exactly how his character fits into the story. Um, the only things we kind of do know about the story um, from the script is it's going to be the film's going to be about Lara trying to clear her father's name. Um, now, to Carson doesn't, like I say, mention how he's going to be involved in the story um, But he's carved out some solid roles in the last few years um, uh, On TV, he's been in uh, the likes of uh, The Shield, um, Justified and Vice Principals And also in the movies, um, he's been in some uh, Tarantino films Such as uh, Django Unchanged and The Hateful Eight So a really solid actor, um, does have that villainous look about him So, you know, we'll see what he can bring to the role I'm excited for this reboot um, because um, if you've ever played the rebooted game where they've redone the franchise on the games you know there's some stunning games stunning set pieces and action sequences if they can replicate that in the movie which we've talked on some of our previous podcasts you know we should be in for a very good show and um the the casting i think is spot on uh Vikander, um was uh, brilliant um, in the danish girl um which she uh, won the oscar for uh, best awarding actress so um some real um credentials to the role and we'll see what she can bring to it Moving on next, we have a little shop of horrors. So, Greg Bellanti, um, he's not had the best of luck when it comes to the big screen efforts. Um, He wrote the Green Lantern uh, movie um, and directed Life As We Know It, Um, both weren't received very well. Um, But he's had a lot more success in TV, especially with DC superhero films such as The Flash, which is a fantastic show, and Arrow, which had a real lull in seasons three and four, but the latest season's been, you know, much, much better, and the show's getting kind of back on track. Um, But he's giving cinema another shot, and with Warner Brothers hiring him to direct the Little Shop of Horrors remake. Um, Now, the musical version of the story is the one that's most well known to people. Um, This was brought to the stage, originally by Alan McKinnon and Howard Ashman, Um, which was later developed into the 1986 movie by Frank Oz. Now, Little Shop of Horrors... Little Shop actually springs from Roger Corman's 1960 original um, about the florist's assistant Seymour who cultivates a plant that turns out to have a taste for human flesh. Um, He names it um, Orgy 2 after the woman he is um, in love with and Seymour has to try to keep this crazy plant fed in order for it to not turn on himself. Um, So the the invention of lying... um, The Invention of Lying's Matthew Robinson is writing the script uh, for the new movie, um, which will feature, once again, tunes, although it's not reported um, if the latest take will mention uh, whether um, it'll be the original Darker Stage ending and the 1960s um, ending, as opposed to the reshot version for the 1986 release. Now... So for the 1986 Frank Oz film, um, at the time, this um, had a huge budget. This had a $25 million budget. And at the time was Warner Brothers' um, biggest film to date in terms of budget. Um, if you compare that to Aliens, which would be shooting at Pinewood, um, that had an $18 million budget. Um, however, they spent $5 million on the ending of this movie. And uh, the original ending was um, the Audrey 2 went on sale across stores over the U.S., and people went out crazy buying them, filling their shopping carts. And they all turned out to be these big monsters eating flesh. And you have this like War of the Worlds kind of um, thing going on. So they're destroying cities, um, eating people, um, you know, just causing carnage. And the end of the movie and the stage show is um, uh, OG2 coming out of the screen into the audience like he's attacking them. Um, and he eats Seymour and Audrey one, the girlfriend. Um, now, they played this to test audiences and he got a really, really bad reception. Um, so they basically scrapped um, the last 23 minutes of the film and reshot it over three weeks. Um, they even got an additional cameo from uh, Jim Belushi in that time as well. And... Um, so yeah, so it is available to see now on the director's cut of uh, Little Shop of Horrors as well. So it's definitely worth checking out if you've never seen it. As opposed to the original one we're seeing well, emerges from the rubble with just his glasses picks Audrey up and they're off into the sunset um, with that final shot of the little plant um, on the window seal. Now, uh, Mark Platt is um, on board as producer and he's been trying to get this off the ground since about 2012, but it looks like definitely things are sort of more in motion now. I'm expecting probably maybe a 2018 release on this. Next up we have Ocean's 8. Now, if you're not familiar with Ocean's 8, um, this is the spin-off from the original Ocean's 11, 12, 13 franchise um, with George Clooney and Brad Pitt. Um, so there this is an all-pretty much an all-female cast. Um, it includes Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, um, and Anne Hathaway. Um, now we know that Damien Lewis um will bring his particular talents to the film um playing the um, target of the robbery so in essence the bad guy um, now if Damien Lewis you'll know from Homeland and uh, the show Billions which was on recently where he plays an entrepreneur you know he definitely has that villainous side to him as well um, you can really see that how much of a bad guy and how much of a nasty guy he's going to be compared to how they try to pay Andy Garcia in the first one who was just not so much a villain but just not a nice guy And we liked Danny more, so we kind of rooted for him. Um, So the idea is that um, Damien Lewis is going to be playing Andrew Bullock's former lover. So Andrew Bullock is going to be playing that Danny role, the one George Coon kind of leading the team. Um, So um, he's been spotted on set. um, So it's not just a cameo, but there is also featuring Matt Damon, um, who's reportedly briefly um, reprising his role from the Ocean's Eleven um, film with his character um, Linus um, Caldwell so there definitely is definitely in the same universe and the idea is that potentially um, Sandra Bullock's character is actually the cousin or a relation to Danny in the first one so it all ties it in together American Noise is set to see this film on the 8th of June um, 2018 no release date for the UK yet but with the talent of Helen Botucana, Rihanna, Mindy Kaling, uh, Sarah Paulson um, it's potentially um, gonna be a big film um, as long as it doesn't get the hate and the backlash that the, like an all-female Ghostbusters reboot got um, which is a terrible movie nothing to to do with the casting um you know this movie has some potential and you know bringing in Matt Damon um, and Amy Lewis you know bringing it into that universe where it's all connected it could be quite interesting and you know potentially another continuation of another franchise so we'll see how that goes. Next up we have Five Against a Bullet which is um a property owned by Sony uh they've been trying to get this off the ground for some time now um it's now gone into the casting stage and the first person on board is Jackie Chan. Now um it's um, it's came about by Transformers producer Lorenzo uh, DiVentura uh, who brought the project to the studio like five years ago with a script written by Alex Litvak, who, um, who did Predators. Um, it's the story of a Mexican politician whose father is um, killed by a drug cartel, and um, he is now launching a campaign um, probably to be mayor or president or something like that. And during that campaign, he needs to make sure he stays alive. So he hires a group of bodyguards, um, FIVE against a bullet um and obviously one of these now is going to be jackie chan now it'll be interesting to see what happens in terms of casting whether they're able to get that kind of um, caliber um martial artist and actor to to fulfill the other four roles of that bodyguard team um where they can get like a, a tony jar or something like that um it'll be it'll be really interesting to see um or a donnie yen oh that'd be amazing uh, this was broken by Variety, um, it doesn't offer any other updates on a uh, release date, but it is being um, rewritten and directed by uh, Carnahan, um, who is also attached to direct Bad Boys 3, so like I say, no release date yet, um, but... Um Uh, Jackie Chan um, is uh, next be seen in uh, Lego and uh, Ninjago movie. Um, He was doing a voiceover work for it. He's also in The Foreigner. He's currently filming a film in China, I believe, with um, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, You can check out him on Twitter to see the picture of um, him and Schwarzenegger on set. Right, and so um, those are the main movie news for this week. And now let's talk trailers. There's been several trailers um, which have dropped um, in the uh, in the last uh, week or so. Um, some really cute ones. So I'm going to go through some of the key trailers which I've uh, watched over last weekend. So you know what I think we can expect from the movie. Um, the first one is where the only place that we can start is Spider-Man Homecoming now the uh, trailer dropped um, a few days ago and there's two versions if you haven't seen it Um, there is a uh, sort of like a US version an international version so the one version focuses very much on Peter Parker and sort of the breakfast club vibe they're going for so it's him going through his troubles in high school um, socially with girls and stuff like that the second trailer focuses very much more on the Spider-Man superhero element of um, the movie so so, you know to get a real flavor of the film you definitely need to watch both um i woke up on that morning and did a trailer reaction video yeah so i'm going to post my trailer reaction video down in the corner here now um you'll be seeing my face it was very early in the morning couldn't get my contacts in glasses on um and uh i really enjoyed it um i really enjoyed the tone i think tom holland is spot on as spider-man It's perfect age um and he's definitely got the characteristics where you're going to realize as peter parker and a spider-man i don't think in any of the other kind you know versions of this uh, superhero we've seen on the movie screen they've got that balance right um i didn't mind andrew garfield as spider-man but i wasn't a fan of him as peter parker he was almost too cool um not awkward enough um not science geeky enough and stuff like that um toby maguire was just too old at the time um to be playing that high school peter parker so really going be seeing spider-man now um in the elements that he was originally in the comics in high school for a number of years um, they have talked about referencing Harry Potter in a sense of potentially each movie is going to be a school year uh, moving forward so whether he's a freshman this year like you know first and then moving up to senior uh, but the next few films you won't see him age that much because the Marvel Cinematic Universe doesn't progress as quickly um, in terms of years um, as an individual solo film is and now because it's very connected it has to kind of stay in that timeline now Homecoming, well, Spider-Man Homecoming 2, in effect, I doubt it's going to be called Homecoming. um, That has already been confirmed uh, for a 2019 release as well. So there's big things happening for this movie. Um, It's the first time that we got to see um, the the villain, the vulture, Michael Keaton, um, who looks great. Um, In the international trailer, you see him a little bit more in the bird costume without the helmet and with the fur around the neck. Um, I think, you know, he's such a fantastic actor and um he can he's really gonna bring something to this franchise and i hope that they will just do justice to a villain because marvel historically haven't been that great with their villains on screen killing them off or just being quite weak um but if you look at the two different trailers he seems to be um very much getting a gang together um you also get to see a glimpse of shocker um you see the tech in one of the screens where he's punching the bus that's actually the shocker Um, Using the tech against Spider-Man. Now some of the things in terms of um, what I can tell about what's happening with the film. It's definitely surrounding the time of Civil War. Now if you saw the teaser to the trailer. um, Which features the first person um, of uh, Peter Parker. um, And before he puts on the suit and jumps off uh, the Washington Monument. That with um, Happy um, linked to obviously Iron Man is that is i believe set during civil war so i think the first part of this movie is going to be set before then and then civil wars happened and are moving to the later stages so i believe that is after the meeting in that we see in civil war peter parker meeting with um robert downey jr um, um iron man sorry tony stark and um he's talking about giving him an upgrade now i believe that scene there is when you see the movie and him looking down at himself he's in his Um, costume that um, Tony showed him on like um, his computer where he's wearing the hoodie and the glasses now then he goes to the suit and it's like oh it's an upgrade from Tony that is a suit that he wears in Civil War I believe then you see in the trailer that him sitting in the car with Tony that is very much a wrap-up after Civil War saying right this is what you kind of need to do I understand but just don't go crazy and um, I believe what happens then, obviously the vulture comes around, um, Peter wants to help and stop him, but Tony's like, you know what, leave this with the big guys, this is too much for you right now to be dealing by yourself. And I believe that potentially Tony may take the suit away from Parker. Now, what gives me the reason for this is there is a clip in the International Trailer where you see uh, Parker sort of face down in the sand looking out, there's fire around him and he's wearing his old costume. Now... You will also see the vulture in the next scene in that kind of same environment. So my thought is potentially Tony's like, look, you're too young for this. You can't be dealing with it. I'm taking this tech away so you don't have it. He's like, I'm going to prove myself. This is the chance. Maybe that's the line from the the trailer. This is the time I can give me a chance to prove myself he then goes and puts his old costume back on to fight the vulture and we presume beats him um, and then Tony will probably re-upgrade him again at the, at the end of the movie so um, I think that's um, obviously in terms of how the villain's going to play out but something we didn't see in the trailer is the tinkerer who has been confirmed in the movie I think that will have a lot to do with the tech that we see so in the opening scene you see the guys breaking into the bank um, ATM to get the cash out big laser machines and obviously shockers um, something has on his arm with the power I think that's very much going to be down to the tinkerer who potentially has worked for Stark is stark industries before has a bit of a vendetta against tony stark so you'll see the link coming through that he's probably going to help the the um the vulture get his tech um up and running as well for his suit um but yeah so big things i'm hoping for um for spider-man and potentially what can come out of it um so we'll see what happens um one of the other traders i got really excited about this week was uh war for the planet of the apes (laughs) Wow, <laughs> that looks incredible. I'm a huge fan of the franchise. Love the first uh, two movies of this uh, rebooted franchise. And um, the motion capture work is just stunning. Visually, this stunning looks. And it just looks incredible. Um, it looks like on a much bigger scale, even from the last one, it's going to be a lot more humans, a lot more war, a lot more fighting, guns. And it's got Woody Harrelson and he's looking like a badass in this film. Um, so it's very much, you know, in the trailer, it's so like, if we lose, then th- this is the planet that's going to be taken over by the apes. So this is, Potentially what I'm hearing is potentially is like the third and final in this trilogy or whether they can continue with the story or not. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, but... Um, you know, if it's anything like the first two, you're gonna be so excited to see this movie. And I think Andy Serkis, you know, he really has deserved an Oscar before now, particularly on that first Planet of the Apes when that first came out. The motion capture that he did, he's brought so much to the industry with his talents regarding that. I really hope he gets something at the end of this kind of franchise because he's been phenomenal. Um, the other trailer we saw this week, um, was Transformers The Last Night. Uh, It's hard to get excited for Transformers, um, the movies have just been really disappointing. since the first one, to be honest. Um, I love the first one. I remember watching it when I worked at the cinema and we watched it in a staff preview um, a couple of nights before it came out. Um, You know, we're all big fans in there watching it. And there was lots of shouting and cheering at the screen. I'm seeing those characters on the big screen for the first time in that way. Um, The second, um, which I believe Revenge of the Fallen was a shocking movie. Um, Megatron being shown to be like a real bitch uh, to the Fallen. You know, he doesn't answer to anyone. Just the tone of the movie, the writing. I think that came about during the writer's strike, which didn't help the movie, um, which a lot of it hasn't. Um, but it just it, it just they just haven't been great. Dark Side of the Moon wasn't too bad. The last one trying to bring the Dino Bots in. Um, uh, you know, Mark Wahlberg for me couldn't say me he's a farmer, but he he knows tech and he's an inventor, and it just things about this movie just didn't quite fit. Um now the trailer, you know, it's pretty much what you come to expect with Transformers. Now it opens um very much with uh, during sort of like the medieval period um sword battles you saw like the three-headed dragon transformer uh during world war Two. so again they're reiterating the fact that transformers have been around for generations and i didn't mind that how it was implied in the first movie you know they've been hiding in plain sight but the fact that the, you know there were dragons before and previous maybe that's to try and show the link of why the dinobots were created why they took those forms um but it's, it's all just very very strange and it's just an excuse for michael bay to to show more eras you know he likes his war films um since he's done pearl harbor and stuff like that but it's it's such a strange take on the movie um Mark Wahlberg is back in it he's gonna be doing his thing um no big surprises there um but the thing that I took mostly from the trailer is um for Unicron um so obviously they're bringing Unicron to the brick screen they are rehashing a little bit of the original cartoon uh, Transformers movie which I love um where you see Optimus Prime spinning in space that is very reminiscent of Megatron dying after the fight with Prime floating around in space and Unicron comes and basically um changes him to galvatron and i think that is going to be something like this now obviously galvatron was in the last one um so megatron is supposed to be in this one whether he reverts back to the more traditional megatron we'll see or whether it will be just galvatron um but prime i think he's going to be found by unicron he's going to repair him send him back to um, earth to help him take over that planet um so That is where I think in the trailer you see him fighting Bumblebee. He's like, you know, forgive me. He's not under his own control. I think that's very much down to Unicron. Whether we hear Unicron speak is going to be another thing as well. But also, um, uh, Hot Rod's supposed to be in this. Um, So, you know, we're expecting to see the Matrix of Leadership again. Maybe Rodimus Prime. So, you know, some factors where, I mean, I'm going to see this movie because I do love Transformers. And it's just one of those big blockbusters I'll end up watching. Um, But I don't go in with much expectation. Um, but, you know, we'll see what they do with these characters. Um, See if they do kill off Bumblebee. I doubt it because he just... You know, there's too many toys. Uh, Kids would freak if Bumblebee died. Um, He's one of the most loved characters of the kids for these new series uh, films. So we'll see what happens with that. Next up, we saw Baywatch. Um, So the Baywatch trailer landed. Um, For me... Dwayne the Rock Johnson can do no wrong. I just love him in everything he does. Um, the trailer did give me some laughs. Um, I like the fact they're doing it more of a sort of like a satire comedy. Um, a little bit like they did with twenty one um, or twenty two Jump Street. It's not a um, taking Baywatch very seriously as a TV show. Um, it's what at the time it was one of the most popular TV shows ever. Um, you know, still syndicated around the world, plenty. Um, but yeah, I think there's could be some real um, on-screen chemistry there. It's going to be a bit of a laugh. Um, and yeah the trailer made me chuckle so we'll see what that can bring whether uh, Dwayne's going to have to dismount some you know nuclear bombs or something a solve a murder and you know save the president at the same time uh, whilst holding his breath underwater so we'll see and next up uh, for the trailers we had uh, dropped this week was The Wall now this went a little bit unnoticed I didn't see it for a couple of days but because of some of the bigger trailers that came out with Spider-Man um, but this is by, directed by Doug Lyman, who, um who is famous for The Born Identity uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith fan um and uh, edge of tomorrow <laughs> highly underrated movie you haven't seen edge of tomorrow with tom cruise check that film out it's fantastic um now this is starring um aaron taylor johnson and john cena um two guys who look like they are um obviously um in the army in the us it uh, looks like they uh their roles are snipers and um one of Cena gets caught out um he gets shot and he's injured laying down Aaron Taylor Johnson gets pinned behind a wall it's very much a standoff movie from that point it doesn't look like he's going to move much location very much in the vein of phone booth or someone like buried you know it's very centralized it's going to be about him talking to the um, other guy on the end of the radio who's a sniper trying to take them out looks like it's going to be really intense and really gritty Uh, the fact that they've both been shot they're bleeding out they need to survive what are they going to do to survive really like the trailer um looked really interesting and um so it was you know definitely a film that I'd like to see some more of I don't know if I want to watch any uh, further trailers from that because I think potentially they could end up ruining it with the wrong kind of trailer giving too much away of the other shooter and stuff like that so I really want to go into this movie now seeing just what I've seen so far so if you haven't seen it again look in the links below and check out the trailer for The Wall Um also finally the trailer job this week was um uh, Fifty Shades Darker um, I'll be honest I haven't watched the trailer I have no interest in the film. Didn't see the first film. But, you know, depending on my audience, I thought it might be worth a shout. Um, So the trailer is out there, Fifty Shades Darker. Check it out um, if that is your thing. Okay, uh, that is um, all the movie news and trailer news I have for this week. Um, the show now, hopefully, I'm going to be dropping a cut to maybe two episodes a week. So we're going to see how it goes um, so I can bring the news a little bit quicker and a little bit faster. Um, the What's coming up next week? Well, there's only really one thing happening in the next seven days which I'm interested around, which is Star Wars Rogue One. Now, um, I've just been uh, looking online. Um, the premiere was um, today and some people are coming out of it now. Um, so like John Campier, uh, John Schnepp, they've been um, saying their first thoughts about the movie and all they're saying is awesome um, as there's some, I've seen some um, reviews on Twitter saying uh, obviously they can't go into too much detail at this point um, probably because of um, sort of like embargoes or anything like that but they don't want to give too many spoils away um, but they say that the third act is very action heavy and some of the best action you've seen in a Star Wars film. so some of those reviews are coming out Got really got me hyped I'm seeing it on Wednesday night this week at midnight um, at the stream stream with Westfall with my mates so once I've watched that movie I will come and drop a review I'll try and do two reviews if possible I'll try and do a spoiler and a non-spoiler spoiler um and then i'll be seeing it on saturday at the imax as well because let's face it this film has to be seen in imax as well and that's it for all the movie news and trailer reviews of this week um thanks very much for watching um if you haven't already please make sure you subscribe to the channel hit the subscribe button below and also please make sure that you uh, like the page youtube have this new um, formula for tracking uh, videos and watches and stuff like that and the likes are really important now so not that i'm one to beg but (laughs) please give me the likes please um Yes, yeah, so if you want to get in touch with me about the show, you'll find me on Twitter at Ken Talks Film. You'll find me on Facebook at Facebook slash Ken Talks Film. You'll be able to find me on Instagram at, um, at Ken Talks Film as well. Um, and that's pretty much it. So thank you very much for watching and look out for the next episode next week and also Star Wars Trailer Review. Thanks very much. Bye-bye.